Welcome to Gal Pals Watch. I'm Alicia. And I'm Sarah. And this is a podcast where we discuss um, queer films, or now, I guess today, queer-coded films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think I was saying this last time we talked because when we were planning to do this, um, and I was like, this just counts, automatically counts as a gay movie because Kristen Stewart is in it. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. <laughs> She's in it, and therefore it is a game movie, a queer movie. <laughs> um, so we are talking today about Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a 2021 um, film about mm-hmm. Diana, Princess of Wales slash nice. Diana Spencer. Yeah. Died. We all know who Diana is, but she tragically died in 1997 in a car crash. Yeah. So there once was a figure named Diana, Princess of Wales. Uh, there's been about five million movies made about her. Um, what'd you say? And TV shows. And TV shows, for sure. Um, most notably, The Crown. Um, I love um, Kristen Stewart's portrayal of Princess Diana in this film. Um, it reminded me a lot of. Emma Corrin's um, portrayal in The Crown, which is also fantastic. So I feel like they both understood the assignment. (laughs) They also both kind of look like her. They do. It was really funny because when I found out that Kristen Stewart was going to be playing Princess Diana, I was like, no. And then like they put a blonde wig on her and I was like, yes. (laughs) I was going to say, she, I feel like she um does a surprisingly good job of like embodying different characters and i was reading this review in the new york times um where the reviewer said something or actually i'm not sure if it was the review or there's a profile of her too but one or the other they said something about um how people always say that christian stewart only plays versions of herself I don't think um, that's true. She has like specific mannerisms and sort of like ways of talking and moving. Um, but then the but then the next sentence was like, as if that's not half the reason we love movie stars. Anyway, <laughs> that's, that's true. It's <laughs> a good point. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. I, I think a really good job as Diana. Yeah, I think when people when casting directors cast, they're looking for someone who could probably easily play this person not someone who's going to like you know have to do so much work but um I yeah I I don't know what the end result of that article was but I would say this is unlike a lot of her um performances or at least I should say the characters that she has played yeah um I know she's done well, because we did an episode on it on The Runaways where she played Joan Jett. So she's done one sort of biopic before. Um, and she also like completely embodied Joan Jett in that, I thought. But I think Joan Jett and Kristen Stewart are like more similar to each other than Diana and Kristen Stewart. Agreed. So I think that's partially why I think people think she only plays herself and like a version of herself in films. Or is this like different in in many ways, but 
they do have similarities yeah um but yeah I thought for someone I guess for someone to play uh Princess Diana is like she's she had a specific mannerism so like you have to nail those yeah or it's not going to be believable (laughs) yeah and I think I mean growing up I don't know how it was for you growing up I feel like I was always just aware of Diana but I wasn't I didn't know that much about her and I just remember when she died and it was like such a huge thing and everyone was so sad which I I mean it is very tragic Mm -hmm. um but I don't like she wasn't a big figure like in my household like no one in my family was like obsessed with her or anything and I was a kid so um I don't really remember her that much other than just like her existence (laughs) agreed and the only time I knew of her was when she died I think that was like the first time I had heard about her because my mom was like oh my gosh I can't believe she's died and I was like who's that and I think that's what like the first day I learned about the royal family basically (laughs) so but yeah my mom I think like most of America during that time people who love like tragedy porn were like (laughs) I'm gonna get the princess Diana beanie baby I remember that I remember the beanie baby yeah, my mom encased it in a box. Oh my gosh. It would be a collectible. Um, Candle in the Wind was like in my house like 24-7. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and I remember my mom wanted me to watch the funeral. And I was like, I don't know what I'm watching. Yeah. She was like, we should watch her wedding too. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I don't I don't like I don't understand the significance I'm so young yeah Um, but as I've gotten older and I've learned more about why people cared about her so much you know obviously I've I've understood the tragedy more Mm um and I was I was nervous because I really thought this film was going to be like yeah another Princess Diana like tragedy porn um and in some ways it was (laughs) In some ways it was, but it was really interesting, hmm. in my opinion. Um, but also very heavy-handed. <laughs> I completely agree. Um, um, yeah. So I didn't know much about this film at all, other than it was going to be a biopic. I thought it was so cool that it only spans three days. Yeah. And it's Christmas. Yeah. Like the day before Christmas, Christmas, and then Boxing Day. Boxing Day? so technically it's a christmas movie yeah i was like it is not this checks out yeah i guess i can watch this ongoing for its second christmas movie in as many years (laughs) just on a roll on a roll keep it up (laughs) um so i guess it's supposed to be chris it starts off christmas eve 1991 i think um and Actually, let me rewind. So before the movie even starts, so to speak, I don't know, the director might disagree with me, um, a line comes up that says, a fable from a true tragedy, which I was like, huh? (laughs) But it's really just saying, like, this is fictionalized. Yeah. But, you know, based on true events. Um. Which I thought was a really nice way to put it. Um, 
I don't know. I just, I, I did like this film a lot. Yeah. Um, there was, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Didn't realize you were with us. It was funny because you were like, can we please do Spencer? Because Kristen Stewart. And I was like, yes, because Kristen Stewart and because I love you. But <laughs> I appreciate that. There is, there is um, a, a miniature gay storyline in this. Yes, there is a miniature gay storyline, but I think actually a lot of it is quite queer coded. Mm. And I didn't think this way until I was um, scrolling through Instagram and I was um, looking at like stories and the Instagram account got him such a dyke. Yeah, well, um, had a Google form. Um, that was basically about queer coding in Spencer. And I was like, huh, ding, ding, ding. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um, because at face value, there's that small part. But when you look at like, kind of like the, the macrocosm of it, it, <laughs> it can be very queer coded. Um, yeah. Kind of, so choose to be the with that way. Sorry, what? I was going to say, if you so choose to be with that way. Yeah. Are you referring to like the way she was so stifled and like, um, yeah. Yeah. And like not able to be her true self, like in any way. Yeah. So super old trope, Mm -hmm. um, but relevant to the nineties even. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think that's, you know, quite relevant to the gay experience for that time period. But yeah, she was quite stifled trying to find any semblance of Uh, control that she could have Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like the royal family as like a thing just was eating her alive and Mm -hmm. kind of like she also had a severe eating disorder content Mm -hmm. for that she was very bulimic and there are a lot of scenes in this movie um where that's happening so content warning but um it's it's kind of like and also it's like fucked up in the beginning when everyone shows up at the at the castle and they have to get weighed on those like really old they have to like sit on this fancy old scale to like get weighed in the beginning then they get weighed at the end to like make sure they put on at least whatever like three pounds or something Mm -hmm. so that it shows that they enjoyed their holiday which is like just total like (laughs) I mean it's so stupid to begin with but then like Mm -hmm. if you have an eating disorder like that is toxic shit. Yeah, it's absolutely toxic. And they know. So it, it's yeah, pretty know. like public knowledge at this point that Diana struggles with an eating disorder. I think even like the public, the lay people know. Yeah, the lay people know. <laughs> the table like multiple times during the dinner to go throw up. So yeah. like it's very obvious. And um, it's so tragic. Yeah, she's just like, please, can I not? And nobody's helping her. Yeah, she tries to joke it away. Oh my God, it's so bad. Yeah, she she tries to joke it away, saying, I'm half jewelry anyway. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they, they, uh, they don't allow her to skip it. And it's really upsetting um, to watch in general. I think also, what sets Diana off, and I don't know if this part was uh, true or not, but there's a new, I don't even know what to call him, General Gregory's character. Oh, yeah, he's like, um, he's like the head of that giant staff, I think. 
mm-hmm. at the house. Like he's just like keeping an eye on everything, like head butler type. Yeah. Thing. I don't know. Yeah. If he's a- he like gives announcements each day for like what their itinerary is going to be and when dinner and lunch will be which is like obviously it's going to be the same every day yeah um party (laughs) yeah so things like that and what the events of the day are and um things like that and I think he um you know I think he has a uh he orchestrates like their meals and what they wear not necessarily like picking things out but making sure other people pick things out for them and like label and all that stuff so everything is seamless and perfect which is so bizarre because it's like who are you doing this for like you're just yourselves (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. like nobody else is even around it's so wild yeah there's no I mean they make a point to keep the photographers out Mm -hmm. um all the paparazzi because at that point you know diana's been in the family for oh gosh i don't know close to a decade at this point and she's you know a little national treasure um so there's lots of paparazzi around they make sure to like keep them out of it so it's kind of like why I don't know why yeah why put in so much effort for family but I guess when it comes down to it they just fall back on tradition yeah but like in a really obsessive way yeah it's completely bizarre yeah Um, like even in the beginning the opening scene is like armed guards are bringing like trunks of food into the kitchen for the for the like chefs and kitchen staff to make I thought it was weapons. (laughs) What? I thought it was weapons. Me too. I was like, what am I watching? Um, And then it's contrasted with Diana, who is kind of like on the verge of a breakdown. Well, she's on the verge of a breakdown the whole time, if not actually breaking down. Spoiler alert. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Um, She's like driving around by herself um, in the countryside, like ostensibly trying to get to the castle and like quote unquote being lost and maybe she is really lost but she does this thing I think it's my favorite part in the whole movie where she like drives up to this little like roadside restaurant and just walks in and she knows everyone knows who she is and she's just like performing like <laughs> like hey I'm so lost like can, can you help me and then like every, the whole restaurant is staring at her and she just turns around kind of like little curtsies as, as like a <laughs> kind of like a fuck you but also like a fun like performance thing that she I thought that was so funny yeah I thought it was it was quite funny when she's yeah right before she's about to walk in she almost like takes a breath like oh god mm-hmm. I think well like in another sense kind of like a 180 like oh god what have I done I don't have any security around me and I, but I need to go into this place because I have no idea where I am um I did I did like think that she was truly lost but maybe she wasn't. That's something yeah. that you just made me second guess. Yeah, I wasn't totally sure. Um, yeah, we do know for certain that she has escaped. Um, <laughs> she escaped her security because yeah. she's in this like cute little sexy sports car um, all by herself, um, which is not typical. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's late. Mm -hmm. to this dinner and we do know that she 
um, used to live around there, I guess. Yeah. Her childhood estate, which is like now abandoned. And I don't know. I, I meant to look into that, but didn't like if that's real. It is real. Yes. Um, abandoned. Sorry. Why was it abandoned? Okay. So that part is not true. Oh, okay. Part that she did live near there is real um diana grew up at sandringham house um or park house as they call it in the film and sandringham estate estates is essentially where the movie takes place i guess um and that home was her childhood home until she was about 14 and then it became a hotel for people with disabilities um, so the queen in 1983 made that a hotel. Um, I don't quite know where they moved to after that, but I know that shortly after she meets um, Prince Charles. Okay. Was that like an arranged thing? Uh, Prince Charles? Yeah. In a sense, yes. Okay. Um, I think, Char- and I'm basing this all on the crown. Okay. <laughs> which is mostly true. Um, I think basically like he was dating Camilla for mm-hmm. a long time, but the family did not approve of them marrying mostly because she was already married. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Those are right things. <laughs> um, and I guess he had dated several women um, and then he met Diana and they were like, oh my God, everyone loves her. She's great. Mm-hmm um and he didn't grown up like as part of like the aristocratic class or something if she was like yeah yeah okay yeah I forget exactly I think her father is a is like a lord okay (laughs) something (laughs) let me look that up because now I'm curious okay so John Spencer Diana's father is a an earl okay not sure what that means, but I know it's like a title, like a royal title of some kind. <laughs> but needless to say, she grew up very privileged, a royal herself, um, okay. just not part of the royal family. Um, yeah, another part of this movie that, well, I'm curious to hear what you think about it. Um, she starts reading a book about Anne Boleyn, who mm-hmm. was one of Henry VIII's wives who got beheaded. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anne Boleyn's like ghost is haunting her. Or yeah. she um, what did you think about that part? Um, I thought it was interesting. It was like an interesting experience because <sighs> you start to see how much this is really affecting Diana because she's hallucinating Anne in several places. Um, I thought it was, so I thought it was interesting, but I don't have enough historical knowledge about Anne Boleyn to pick up on perhaps like all the connections between them. Um, Diana says that they are related, um, but I don't even know if that's true. I'm just assuming it is. Why would Christian Stewart lie to me? <laughs> so aren't they all related? 
technically sort of <laughs> yeah basically um uh, i'm looking at this um so Anne Boleyn's sister Mary was King Henry VIII's mistress for several years. King Henry VIII, like all the other kings, I'm sure, was like a real, real asshole. Just like, <laughs> he's a real piece of work. <laughs> work. <laughs> um, and Mary Boleyn is Diana's thirteenth great grandmother. So oh. Anne Boleyn is Diana's thirteenth great aunt. Okay. Well. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I'm <into> that. <laughs> anyway so, yes in a sense they are all related <laughs> oh. oh my gosh um so yeah there was there were elements of you know spoopy um spoopy halloween stuff definitely with the um hallucinations and also like just the fact that um what's his name general gregory is everywhere yeah it's he true is played by timothy spall who was in our last film uh, awesome. that we reviewed oh yeah that's right i was like wow he looks so familiar <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he was in the party and yeah. um, he also in harry potter i feel like he's yes he is um not to bring not to bring joanne into this but joanne um wormtail wormtail that's right (laughs) i was like why is this taking me so long (laughs) um yeah well so the review i read in the new york times it started out saying like Spencer is a Christmas movie. Spencer is a horror movie. Spencer is a psychological thriller. Spencer is a love story. And it is all those things. And it is very like melodramatic. It really is. But so is the Royal family, apparently. No. So it's like on, <laughs> on brand. It's totally on brand. Like there's, I feel, I don't know. I feel like there's only so many like biopics and you know, other films and TV shows that can come out of this with like this same exact feel. Mm. Like there's gotta be something to it. And maybe it's because they're all kind of borrowing from each other, but I also just think, no, that's probably true. <laughs> I think everyone is a diva, please. And <laughs> um, and very strict and just, they will die with the crown they'll die for the crown uh general gregory or major gregory whatever his name is um says that a lot yeah like his duty is to the crown not to the people necessarily but like for england and i'm like (laughs) i cannot imagine can't relate yeah not just because i'm american cannot relate period (laughs) oh well that's like they were very successful colonizers. So a lot of people are like in that cult. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I actually, um, I wrote down here a quote that I liked um, or they thought was interesting is at one point, Diana and the queen have a one-on-one conversation with no one really around. And the queen is, you know, kind of sympathizing with her to an extent saying, 
all that you are my dearest currency. Yeah. And she's, you know, sympathizing with the fact that like her face, the queen's face is on money. Mm. Um, and she is literally passed around all the time as <laughs> currency. And, you know, it's like literally and figuratively, I was like, blew my mind. (laughs) And it's true. And that extends, I mean, that's kind of something that Kristen Stewart and Diana have in common where it's like, they're so scrutinized. They're so famous. Like, and everybody just is really up in their business about their entire lives about everything yeah even now you know i think of um princes uh william and i guess technically prince harry still i don't know he i know he doesn't want to be part of the the royal family anymore or his royal duties um yeah i forgot about that (laughs) but like the fact that we even know you know even a little bit about that still shows like their the press is loyalty to this family. Right. And, like, and as people, because you and I are not people who like pay attention to the royal family. <laughs> no, no. We still know. Exactly. And so that's how like far reaching it is. Where I feel like it's really hard to become an adult in America without hearing about them. Mm-hmm. Without knowing about some sort of like intimate detail about them. Yeah. You know, that's well, like. it's just weird um so I I did like that and I was touched in a way because um one of the things I thought was interesting with this film is that it's really about Diana like not a lot of people talk otherwise I mean people talk not that much though and a lot of people say much expressions and how um, and like Kristen Schwartz good at that. Like she's good at, there's so much close up on her and she's good Thank at like, Lord. some serious distress <laughs> in her face. <laughs> and so much. Um, that part where, so I saw this with a couple of friends in the movie theater. First time I've been to a movie theater in the pan pizza. Woo. Um, and <laughs> one of my friends at the end made a really funny comment. So there's this scene where like some maids have been sent to get Diana, who is once again in the bathroom, like during the dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like standing watch outside and they're like, we have to bring you back to the dinner. And she's like, I don't want to go back. But then she goes out and she starts walking down the hall with these maids, like following her, escorting her back to the dinner. And she's walking like in this very dramatic way. It's like a long shot where she's walking and she has this big gown on. And then she just turns around at the top of the stairs and just starts walking back, like say, like just the same thing where she's just walking back. And then she says, tell them I'm not well. And she just says it like over and over again, tell them I'm not well. My friend made a comment after she was like, that's going to be my new out of office email. Tell them <laughs> I'm not well. Tell them I'm not well. Um, if you yeah. know me, that might be my response. <laughs> <laughs> and she like, yeah it's it ends up becoming a cycle um she's not well so she's not it keeps repeating in her head and Bolin is now saying it it's a lot of like hallucinating stuff um is that the point where she also hallucinates Maggie oh I think that's a little later okay I couldn't remember 
Um, uh, we should talk about Maggie. Yeah. So Maggie is one of Diana's assistants. She's her dresser. Um, and like the first scene they are together in the beginning, it's like fraught mm. with, I think, like loneliness. And they're so happy to see each other to like end the loneliness. Yeah, Maggie's really Diana's like only friend. Like the chef is also nice to her. Mm. But like within those like thick walls of the fucked up royal family, Maggie's like the only person Diana feels like she can actually talk to and who will like listen to her and is is a friend. Yeah. Um they have a really strong connection. They like tear up a bit when they see each other for the first time. And Maggie says something to the effect of like. I requested to be with you, um, things like that. And later on in the film, Diana says, you know, she wants to talk to Maggie because she needs someone that she could actually talk to instead of just someone who will say like, yes, ma'am. Yes, you're, yes, your highness or whatever. Um, And we'll say, you know, every, any complimentary thing to her. She doesn't want that. <laughs> she wants a friend. Um, and the way in which they have life set up there for them, like in this estate and in other places, is that like basically each person has their own apartment. So they're like incredibly lonely and they're not really expected to mingle with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, it's cold. That's another thing she always talks about how cold, how cold. it is. The kids, William yeah. and Henry, talk about how cold it is. Yeah, Henry and William are always so cold. <laughs> or Harry, not Henry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're so cold and she's so cold and she's like, why doesn't why don't they just turn up the heat? This is so stupid. Why not the heating? And they're basically everyone's like Yeah, and basically everyone's like, tradition is why. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah um but yeah so um maggie is played by sally hawkins you might know her from fingersmith um yeah she is in that wonderful film i love her face i think she is so adorable she brings me so much joy i love her so much wasn't she also in that movie about falling in love with a fish or whatever yeah um it was called i never even saw it <laughs> i want to see the space of water that is not it <laughs> there is something of water though yes is. she is in that she plays a semi-mute person um yeah she is an incredibly talented actress and this is another part that i feel like that was uh queer coded as well because you have this the shape person's what'd you say the shape of water oh the shape of water thank you (laughs) so you have this queer actress and Kristen Stewart playing the lead I think there has to be some sort of you know in my little like headcanon there has to be some sort of like Kristen Stewart maybe trying to queerize it I don't know or maybe within the that other actors and directors and writers maybe 
you know, in, inserting that. But then also the casting of Sally Hawkins, knowing that she's in this, like, I would say it's a pretty classic lesbian film um, or miniseries, however you want to look at it. Um, at least for, you know, my generation, I feel like most people I know, maybe it's because I just also know a bunch of nerds, um, <laughs> watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so to uh, cast someone in that role was such a big, uh, I guess, a lesbian following. I feel like it was intentional, but maybe it wasn't. Yeah, um, it's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't I quite know. know. Sorry. Yeah. I said, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, um, I was going to say, because this film is so new, it's, I was trying to look up, like, interviews with Kristen Stewart or Sally Hawkins or the director or the writer, and I couldn't really find any. It was a lot of reviews so far, which makes sense. Um, yeah, there's some profiles of her, too. Um, there's one in The New Yorker um that is like really long I started reading it and I was like I can't even read this anymore um and then <laughs> well my attention span is extremely short at the moment so take <laughs> but and then there's one in the New York Times that I read yeah um but yeah no like I'm sure there's videos there's I'm sure there's like video interviews yeah I'd hope so um or maybe there will be soon so maybe we'll have an update at some point um they probably just don't talk about that though like in a lot of the interviews they're not going to talk about like were you cast because you were queer and like (laughs) that's um, true get queer people in here like no one's gonna say that that's true they won't um I mean she also Kristen Stewart at least looks like Princess Diana turns out (laughs) so wig like the head tilt a little bit yeah it's just so interesting the way she can hold her body and uh embody her um but basically uh maggie is sent away at some point um because essentially she leaves the curtains open in the room while diana is changing and even though there's basically no way to see princess diana getting dressed or anything like that the fact that there was room for error um is you know fireable yeah and also I think I mean this is maybe just me assuming but it sort of seemed like they were punishing Diana like and so they were taking away like every little thing that like tethered her (laughs) so like Maggie was one of those things and then like having light in her room because then they like sewed the curtains shut which is like so fun yeah it's so incredibly um abusive yeah it is abusive yeah Yeah, so to basically prevent that from happening again they sew the curtains oh my god it's just awful um so you know her her sanity uh, Diana's sanity kind of dwindles from that point once uh, Maggie is gone um, and she spends a lot of the you know second half of the movie or part after that asking for Maggie pleading for Maggie um, and eventually they do meet but it's not until like I don't know Diana like really 
needs her people are worried about her Mm -hmm. um all that stuff yeah and then they have a sweet like little moment on the beach diana's she feels like she can talk to her they're outside which is something that it feels like doesn't get to happen for diana that much and they're on the beach and um and then maggie's like oh i'm in love with you and diana's just like she just kind of laughs like she's surprised but she's not like upset (laughs) she's just like oh how sweet (laughs) kind of yeah, I think so. Because I think at that point, you know, Diana herself has been involved in like um, <clears throat> helping people with AIDS. Oh, and she was like, she was one of the first people to like give, or public figure, I should say, to yeah. give like a handshake to someone with AIDS to show that like, that's not how you transmit AIDS, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. So I think, you know, she's, you know, an ally for, for certain um but I I really love that scene because Maggie's kind of pulling Diana out of this like rut I don't even quite remember what they're talking about um but Diana's kind of going on and on and (laughs) uh, she asks Maggie a question she's like well first off I just need to like I would never say anything bad about you because I'm like totally in love with you yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's just like very sweet and simply put yeah. simply put yeah and then they like run around in the sand like a true lesbian like mm-hmm. romance <laughs> um another part i loved about that omission of love or not omission admission admission <laughs> i just had like a complete brain fart admission of love is that Diana is like giggling, you know, like she can't believe this is happening. Um, and she says something like, I feel like I'm being very adult about this or something like that. And Maggie says, you're having a childish giggle about it. And I love it. <laughs> and I was like, this is the amount of grace Diana needs in her life where it's like, I need to point out something that is not necessarily great. I am saying, no, you are wrong. However, I'm doing it in a very like subtle, graceful way. <laughs> like, no, you are absolutely childish. Yeah. However, let's run on this beach together. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so cute. It is so cute. I loved it. Me too. And I did um, hear about, something I think I was listening to a podcast where they I think it was keep it that podcast keep it that I love it's like a pop culture podcast and they were talking about whether or not that was like a real storyline and there's like no confirmation of it but it kind of doesn't matter no it doesn't matter and this is a fictionalized thing and I don't think I don't see that as queer baiting no I don't um I think that was a word or is a word that uh, folks are throwing around right now but no I I don't think at all because it was like it was one moment yeah um and it felt very natural yeah exactly use it to like market the movie or anything like that it, yeah precisely it wasn't like a plot point and then they just like leave it mm-hmm. so it was just something 
nice at the end that kind of solidifies what they mean to each other um Mm -hmm. without really a definition yeah so yeah I thought it was really sweet I thought so too um I did look up what was real and what was you know fictionalized or what was based in reality um uh, and this is from a time article Mm -hmm. um so one of the things I wrote was that it is at Sandringham Estates. Um, uh, Charles did gift uh, Camilla and Diana the same piece of jewelry. Um, what an idiot. <laughs> so um, it's not like, it's not pearls as it's uh, shown in the film, but it's, you know, still the same piece of jewelry that they both wore in public from the same man um it's like bro dude <laughs> I, that guy's still fucking alive can you believe this shit <laughs> yeah, he's sort of alive <laughs> um the weighing before and after is real um yeah um and then at one point diana in her big ball gown in the film goes over to her old house um and she, you know, is looking around, kind of have like a, I don't want to say manic, but sort of like she's having a lot of hallucinations, basically. Um, she's remembering her younger selves and she almost throws herself down the stairs, but then like Anne Boleyn shows up. Mm-hmm. And in real life, Diana did throw herself down the stairs. She did? Yes. Um, I did not know that. In a suicide attempt in christmas on christmas in 1982 whoa so that did happen at that house um so i did not know that yeah so that's a nod to a a real life event um and then of course the eating disorder was based in fact Mm -hmm. um and her childhood home those were the the big ones so um i think when the director said that it's a fable at the beginning um it really it really does fit well because it's not you know fully based in fact but it does um it still teaches us something yeah yeah you're right I like that so and it's kind of like I think about this a lot as like someone who reads and writes memoir um that I don't know I mean there's facts but then there's like no such thing as like the whole truth or like the true truth no talking about like people and their emotions and their memories like Mm -hmm. memory is not truth yeah and so if you capture like the um like the emotional truth of it or like whatever was true to Diana at the time Mm -hmm. like I mean, yeah, you can't call it factual, but you can call it truth, I think. A kind of truth. Yeah, when when the truth that the film is showing is that she was, you know, being smothered by this family. Yeah, that's that's true. true. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. It was always true. So no matter how they portray it and base it on whatever (laughs) um yeah that fundamental truth is still there 
whether or not there was like a gay dresser or whatever (laughs) um yeah to believe that there was and that it was really cute just like that (laughs) yeah yeah so pure pure. (laughs) I think this movie like the melodrama at times was it kind of took me out of it Mm -hmm. a little bit where I was like okay but Chris Stewart like she was just like committed she was like I'm here I'm doing this and I thought I admire that I mean I am biased toward Kristen Stewart if this is (laughs) but like I admired it I thought she did a really good job and I enjoyed watching this movie yeah she did a fantastic job um it was a movie that I had wanted to see um you know whether or not we were going to review this here talk about it here um yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I'm uh, also a Kristen Stewart stan, not to your degree, but I, I think she's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend this. Um, you too. Unless you feel like you've gotten Princess Diana out, which I understand. Um, <laughs> but like also, if you are in a place where you don't feel like you can watch bulimia happening or like self-harm. <laughs> Yes, there is another self-harm scene yeah. in this film that took me by surprise and made me almost throw up. Just just yeah. a fair warning. I almost throw up, but I was like, oh. I, yeah, it was. I'm squeamish. Yeah. So. Well, the movie we did a few episodes ago, The Novice, that was like, that was worse than, than the Diana one, I think. Oh, Which, for sure. Like, anyway. For um, sure. <laughs> I guess because I didn't see it coming. But I right. knew in the novice it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this checks out. Yeah. But I don't know. For some reason, I was just like, I am surprised. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I would definitely recommend this. Um, I also posted something on our Instagram uh, to for that queer coding in Spencer form to help out um, the student. Um, who's writing a paper on all the queer codingness in this film, which I wow, very cool. think okay. it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so if you have any intel, insight, thoughts, maybe, feelings, <laughs> please email us at galpalswatch at gmail.com. Or find us on the Twitter, galpalswatch. And the instagram at gal pals watch one day alicia we should like maybe when um the pan pizza calms down a little bit which like i really fucking hope happens like at some point in our lifetime um (laughs) and we can like spend more time together also you live far away now but whatever um we should live far away we start tiktok and do tiktok videos i yeah, I shouldn't say this out loud, like, as if we're going to do it, but it could be fun. <laughs> Though I do have a TikTok. You do have a TikTok? Yeah. What's your handle? Do you want to plug it? No, because I don't have anything on it. No. I mean, I have a TikTok that I use to watch TikToks. Same. <laughs> yeah. I got sick of going on, like, I want to watch this TikTok and then not yeah. being able to watch the TikTok. Right. So... <laughs> There's that. But yes, I would kill a TikTok dance. Yeah, you would. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know which one. All of them. (laughs) 
you will understand the assignment. I understood the assignment. That's a ticky talk. That's a ticky talk. Anyway, get in touch with us. We're not on TikTok, but other ways. <laughs> that we just said. God, I'm not going to say it again. Yeah. Pay attention. <laughs> All right. We love you so much. We love you. And we also <laughs> love Kristen Stewart. Because she is hot and gay. <laughs> I had to build some suspense there. Mm-hmm. <laughs>